Hello, welcome to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to be reviewing Blue is the Warmest Colour. Now, for my American listeners, yes, I do also watch NC-17 films, which for international listeners who don't know what NC-17 exactly means, it's uh, absolutely no one under 18 can watch. I know that's confusing, but, you know, they mean no children 17 or under, basically. So that's basically, I know I'm saying basically a lot, that's what I meant. But yeah, it's uh, getting it got 18 certificates here and in the UK as well. So yeah, it uh, is actually a pretty good film that happens to have some fat on it, you know, like a story fat. That no, not story fat. You you know what I mean, right? When when you have sequences that don't contribute much to the story, you can probably trim them. But yeah, overall, I thought this was a really good film. Blue is the warmest color, and I think that so. You know by now, I'm going to do no spoilers first, and then I'm going to go into spoilers after the shout-out. So, the no spoiler territory is here, if you want to hear about it. So, yeah, it's a beautiful story. You can feel the chemistry with the main couple. You can, you know, you can just... Uh, the acting is on, on par with, uh, you know, I'd say... At times, this film feels a little bit like the Before Trilogy. The conversate... <coughs> Sorry. The conversations sort of just meander and flow and, you know, except it's in French, obviously. But, yeah, it's like if the Before Trilogy were in French and uh, had explicit sex scenes. <laughs> Speaking of which, this podcast episode will be explicit. I actually discovered something that uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to me on Apple, then it actually cuts out the clean episodes because they want them all to be labeled explicit. And I can see why they do that, but it's weird. So yeah, I'd probably just rely on Anchor or Spotify for listening to it. So anyway, yeah, um, I think that this film had, uh, you know, that there were some great points to be made about art and the nature of art, which I quite liked. So if you were in a Lars von Trier film, you know, he would probably have just uh, sequences where it's uh, prolonged discussions of art that are, like, somewhat pretentious, like with The House That Jack Built, which overall I think The House That Jack Built was a decent movie, but again could have had some fat cut from it. Like, uh, just... Actually, that film probably had less fat than Blue is the Warmest Colour did. And... Blue is the warmest colours overall, the better film. However, I feel like I can compare those two films on that note. But yeah, if uh, if ever it needs to be said that I'm absolutely not a prude and I will watch, like, almost any movie, then uh, point to the fact that I've seen the uncut version of The House That Jack Built, the one that would have been rated NC-17 but was unrated, and not the cut R-rated version in America. So yeah, <laughs> there's, there's proof for you. Uh, yeah, I really do think that, well, France is just a beautiful country. Like, you know, I I like that they have some... I mean, people take it for granted that we have great views. Like, say, in Australia, where I live, Sydney, Australia, uh, the the views on the streets, they really just stood out to uh, any foreigners who were looking from the outside like an American. I was calling an American via a FaceTime contraption and, you know, they were like, wow, this is amazing, you know, and you walk outside, you take it for granted. So that's a bonus when you're watching these foreign films, you really get to see the scenery. Not that that's as important as the story, naturally, but yeah, I reckon it shows the highs, the lows of love perfectly. 
And uh, I reckon that it has just... The actresses are really good at conveying emotion. When they need to cry, they cry. Like, it, it looks like they, were, they really made themselves cry. It doesn't look like they were sprayed or anything. Like, like that, you know? And, you know, you, I reckon that... Yeah, they definitely are very, very, very talented. And I'm trying not to say spoilers here, but yeah. I reckon, to me, they... Uh, Without spoiling it, they could have cut the film from 172 minutes, like uh, my streaming service says it is. Uh, that's my print on the streaming service. But uh, it could have been cut from 172 to 146. Uh, keep the ending, which I'd keep about three minutes of the ending. But I would cut at uh, 146 minutes and 20 seconds. I would cut there straight to the uh, snippet of the ending. Which I will not give away, but that's how I would edit the film, you know? So, yeah, actually, that final estimate does include that ending. So, yeah, that's how I would cut it. And now I'm going to go into spoiler territory for the film because I feel like I'll be more uninhibited if I can just discuss the film. So I'm going to go do the shout-outs now, all right? So shout-outs to, t- to Teacup Arenos, Classic Blonde, Naked Airplane, KO, Savage Elbow, Carlofa Grande, El Salt One, Sam from IJ, Still Mellow, Lee, sorry, Lee JM75, Contrera, Tessie Cat, Pat Cat, Mary Amber, Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Ririshaku, Autistic in Melbourne, Ashi is Slashy, Heavenly Imagine, Rose Begali, Larry1937-2621, Dev Dyna, Marbella Unicorn, Talk Me Into, Schlock V, Films with Amy, Nathan Seabolt, Film Mamatic, Liz Slade, Zeus, LC Cool, Zach Ascot, Craig Fisher, and The Fabulous, Saved by His Grace 72. All right? Okay. So, yeah. I really... I'm going to go full into spoiler territory now. So, yeah. Basically, I think that uh, this this movie... I mean, people kept saying the sex scenes were too long. Like, they're only... Te- they're only a number of times that you can see people fuck and uh, not be bored, you know? Like, I feel like some of those scenes definitely went on... I know what they were going for. They were going for naturalism, and they wanted you to... Uh, they wanted you to really uh, sympathise with the couple, you know, go through everything with them, go through maybe a whole sex session, you know? But, yeah, I think it was a bit indulgent, you know? At least it was still less indulgent than... Uh, some other movies, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating on Lars von Trier, I think that from the two movies I've seen of his, that he is a good director, but he can, he can get somewhat pretentious for me, um, in fact, yeah, just briefly on that note, I think Antichrist was actually a really decent film, I really liked it, but yeah, not for the faint of heart, that one, so back to Blue is the Warmest Colour, I really... Yeah, a number of points. You know how I was mentioning the ending? I would say that, uh, well, yeah, I understand that they're showing, they're showing basically uh, life without uh, Emma, life without Emma for Adele, but uh, basically I think that, you know, they could have ended it, they could have ended it, like, maybe they should have mentioned, hey, you're not, you're not upset that Adele's here, you know, you don't need to see her again after the, uh, 146 minute mark because it was a it was a sad goodbye and she says you know I'll always remember you and it was a sad goodbye for them and then you can just leave it there you don't need any 
conclusion to that. That was the conclusion. You don't need to see her again in the in the ending. So yeah, what else? I reckon that uh, when Adele is teaching her students, the scenes could have been cut down, maybe made briefer. Um, yeah, I reckon that uh, there was too much in those scenes going on that uh, simply did not matter to the story, really. I mean, they could have made it shorter, made the same point. I get what they were trying to do. Adele was getting more pissed off because she'd just, she'd broken up with Adele a while back. And, you know, you could see her crying in the in the back of the school, which, yes, I would have kept in. But, yeah, there's that. So I'm sorry I couldn't say all this stuff in the non-spoiler section for obvious reasons. But, yeah, I also would have probably... Uh, I'm fine with the meandering pace of the dialogue. In fact, all the conversations about art and that stuff is are really good. And you know what would never happen in a Hollywood film? Ever? Not just... I'm not talking about the sex here, but I'm talking about the fact that, uh, basically, <laughs> you don't even see Emma. Like, you see Emma at 12 minutes. Uh, let me finish my sentence there, previously. But you don't see Emma again until 40 minutes into the film, and then that's when their relationship starts. So yeah, I reckon that's that's really good. And they had such a they had such a sweet relationship where they could share interesting facts about art and uh you know, Emma could draw Adele and it was just it was just really sweet to me, you know? It really felt like I was falling in love with these two, you know, like you could you could tell why they fell in love with each other with their personalities, they're well developed. The characterizations are well developed and they're three dimensional, you know? It's not just you know, it's not some it's not some early primitive stereotype of, you know, a, a gay person that they would have done way back when it was still really taboo. You know, they make sure to make it three-dimensional. They minimize any focus on homophobia, which it's okay. It has its place to explore how homophobia affects gay couples in movies, but the fact that this one only confined it to one scene and it was, and was somewhat incidental... That was that was okay. It was only after they'd gone into a relationship, I guess. But yeah, it made like, you know, the story's not like mainly concerned with homophobia. It's concerned with a relationship. Just as when Harry met Sally would have been concerned with uh, if a man and woman could be friends or not, or if the before trilogy was concerned with that relationship. Now more comparisons to the before trilogy, okay? Uh this film I reckon all the discussions about art and uh, the people's place in the world to an extent, but mainly about art, I'd say, I felt like uh, that would have felt right at home, that style in Richard Linklater's films. Now, the dialogue does not sound as realistic to the ear here, but yeah, I really think that this film is worth seeing. You know, even maybe if you've got uh, younger, maybe if you've got younger teens or if you want to, ah, oh, dare I say it, well, maybe you can skip over the sex scenes for, uh, for younger audiences, if you dare go there, but don't, don't make it too young, obviously, but, yeah, uh, again, I think that, uh, yeah, it's really tame outside the sex scenes, so it depends on your parental discretion, I personally, due to the sex scenes, would probably keep it to adults only, but, yeah, your, your decision, so, yeah, what else? Um, yeah. What about we see some points? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, I was noticing this through the film. Other people might have pointed it out too, but the colour blue gradually seems to 
disappear. It seems to be minimised as things become less happy, as Emma discovers Adele cheating on her, as, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And the fact that uh, progressing in the relationship, it's not just blind love, and I really appreciated the fact in that sense that that would there was a metaphor with uh, Emma's hair where it went from blue to blonde. I know that was a time jump, you know. This film does time jumps in a linear way, not non-linear. But, uh, you know, it does it in a similar manner to Once Upon a Time in America. It never tells you the year, but it'll, uh, you have to tell by the fashions and the, and the stuff like that, you know. It will never tell you the chronology, like in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, it'll never tell you the chronology of in that case, memories. That's not really spoiling the film. That's part of the concept. So, yeah, I make it a point not to spoil other films on an analysis of one film. So, yeah. Uh, Overall, I think that Blue is the Warmest Colour is one of the better romantic films out there, you know? And I need to see... I need to see more just better romantic stories in general, like this, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I reckon Love Actually is quite good. But, yeah... I really think love stories can be done right. You'll also notice that it was, it just felt real. You can tell that, uh, you can tell that uh, Adele was really crying in these scenes. Like she could produce tears on command. She didn't have to have water poured over her, you know? And there were, I guess it uh, sort of felt less polished in a good way because they used multiple close-ups of people. And yeah, nothing particularly flashy in this movie. I also noticed that the opening shot's about 40 seconds. I think that, uh, you know, Americans tend to edit faster, you know? They'll go cut, 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 but not always, obviously. But modern American cinema, I would say mainstream modern American cinema, in the action genre at least, I know this isn't really action genre, but even outside of the action genre, I notice the cuts are a little bit faster. You know, there are more cuts. And yeah... There were, there were some cuts here, but I feel like foreign films tend to cut less, you know? I just... It depends on the pace of your film, I guess. Sometimes you need quick cutting, like in certain scenes of Psycho or Bonnie and Clyde. You know, it's a very famous scene in Psycho that uses quick cuts, you know? So, yeah. 78 cuts in 52 seconds, I think it was. Let me just uh, make sure that was it. How many cuts in Psycho. See, I'm learning with you. I'm learning with you here, okay? Ah, okay, 52 cuts. Right. So, I got the numbers mixed up. Let me correct myself. It says 52 cuts, 78 setups. There was a documentary made about it called 7852. So, yeah. Overall, I really, really recommend Blue is the Warmest Colour. I assume you've seen it or don't care about spoilers if you're listening to the spoiler analysis. So, uh, yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, this film's definitely worth checking out. They may be technically better romantic films in my eyes, but, uh, you know, I think that the fact that this got in the Criterion collection is well-deserved. So, yeah, I'm going to end the podcast now. We need your voice, because you can help change things for the better.